Uh, good morning, everybody. Happy to have you along with us. A new report from Stats Canada is putting a uh, spotlight on cyberbullying. Uh, the report was released last week, says one in four adolescents in Canada has uh, been cyberbullied and it's taken a toll on their mental health. The study said youth who have been victimized online have a greater risk of depression, anxiety, eating disorder symptoms, and thoughts of suicide or suicide attempts. Uh, this is certainly concerning, especially considering how much of our lives or online these days. To talk about this, we're joined by Caitlin Mendes, a sociologist, associate professor at Western University. Uh, Caitlin, I certainly appreciate the time today. Hi, good morning. Thanks for having me. Were you surprised uh, by this report uh, from Stats Canada, or did it kind of fit with uh, your re- research, your, your work experience? Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, if anything, I think that those numbers are actually low. And and partly I think that they're low because the report talks about repeated instances of harassment or or bullying. uh, And they don't actually count the one-off things that can happen. They can still be really devastating for people. So I think that actually, yeah, these figures are, are in truth much higher. When we talk about this issue, uh, the term cyberbullying, I know it's one you've, you've taken issue with a bit in the past. Is, does it encompass enough of what we're talking about here? Well, I think that's exactly it. So th- this study is looking at instance, you know, repeated instances. And I think that we need to take into account things that sometimes all it takes is one nasty comment or one act of, say, having an image of yourself that's released. Um, that can be hugely, hugely negative and, 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 you know, have a really big consequence. So, again, I think that this term of, of cyberbullying, thinking that it has to happen multiple times for it to be harmful, um, is a problem. And, again, I think that's one of the reasons why I think the true figures are higher than what Stats Canada is actually reporting. We see, you know, with adults how difficult it can be for them to uh, process and respond to something negative online they see or they experience. How much more difficult is that for for youth? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, young people, they're still learning how to manage and develop relationships, how to control their emotions, how they respond. So absolutely, it's much more difficult for young people. And I think it's also clear that some young people have a really hard time talking to adults when things go wrong, um, especially if it's around things like intimate images, because they often feel to blame. If they're young people who are, say, queer, and maybe their parents aren't supportive or their parents don't know, um, you know, they have a really hard time going and talking to a trusted adult. They're trying to deal with these things on their own. And that's part of the problem why we see it's having such negative consequences, these mental health outcomes, is because young people either don't know who to talk to or they don't trust the adults in their life that they're going to respond in a way that's supportive or actually helpful. Is there a way to be proactive when it comes to, you know, the harms from technology in this way? Just it's, it's technology is so vast. It's at times feels like an unclimbable mountain. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, if you have a, a young person who is using digital technologies, it's really great for you to check in with them and just say, Hey, you know, what's going on? What are the apps that you're using? What are the things that you find weird or harmful? And if that maybe feels a little bit too direct, you don't even have to ask your child about what's happening to them. You can ask them about what's happening to other people in school. And you can take them through scenarios like, what would you do if, how would that make you feel? 
is there anything you would want me to do in that case? So you can start kind of preempting some of these conversations with your, with your young person um, and asking them, what is it that they want? Is it that they want you, you know, with your help in learning how to block or report, or do they want you to help maybe help kind of intervene? Or in some cases, is this something where actually you need to get um, the police or schools involved? So just talking to your kids is a huge, huge, huge first step. What should you not say? Because people can have the right meaning, but maybe convey it in the wrong way and it doesn't uh, forward the situation at all. Yeah. So I think saying things like, uh, you know, blaming. So, well, why did you do that? Or gosh, that was really dumb. Or things like, well, once, you know, especially when it's around images, you know, once it's out there, you know, it's out there forever. Um, Which actually isn't necessarily true, but saying things that's going to make them feel as though, you know, this damage has been done, something's been done that can never be fixed or gotten over or taken back. So those are the kinds of messages that young people really, really uh, respond negatively to. And actually, that's part of the reason why young people don't tell. Um, You know, they they think that their life is over. They think that they're just going to be blamed um, rather than supported. So those are key barriers for them to, to get help. Is there anything, you know, parents, guardians, family, friends should be on the look for for commonalities of maybe uh, someone who's suffering in this way? Yeah, if you start to see kind of um, changes in your child's behavior, if they suddenly kind of seem more withdrawn, if you notice that they're um, refusing to go to school, if they're, if you know, if something seems to have changed, Really, it's important to t- sit down and talk with them and, and find out what's going on. I do think it's a great idea for parents to just be aware of what their kids are doing online. I'm not necessarily saying you need to monitor everything that they're doing, but you should be having regular conversations. Get your kids to show you the kinds of things that they're doing online. You know, which apps are they using? I think that's really important for parents to just have an idea of what technologies are your kids using knowing how long they're you know how long they're on these devices for and again feeling as though they can come and talk to you if something's going wrong just to kind of return to where we started if if you believe maybe these numbers are higher than what this report might suggest do you feel we as a society really appreciate uh, the task ahead to here in front of us I think it's a mixed bag. I think some people absolutely know that this is a huge, huge issue and are, are doing the best that they can, and, and some really don't. And that's actually also a problem because what we're going to end up having is some kids, you know, if we're relying just on parents, you're going to have some kids who are super well-equipped to kind of handle all the benefits and the challenges that digital technologies bring, and you're going to have some that are really left in the dark. So I do think we need schools, we need governments, we need other kind of Um, organizations and structures to to come in and say, hang on a minute, this is something we really need to address and quickly. Certainly appreciate the time today. Thank you very much. Thank you. That's Caitlin Mendes, a sociologist and associate professor at Western University.